what it is. Updated my computer yeah. since the last show. All right. Tonight's show, <laughs> Carolina prepares to ram the lamb. Episode 19.3.1 of the C3 Panthers podcast. Hanging out in the Vivid Seat studio. Got a lot to talk about. The 53-man roster. The batting line. Previewing the Rams game. Uh, roster moves. A lot to do. A lot to chat about. And we've got uh, some cool people to do it with tonight. Cody Lashney is back. How you doing, my friend? I am back. And we are so close to Panthers football. Let me apologize for my voice. I've been sick for over seven days now, but nothing is going to stop me from being on this show with the best fans in the Panthers chat room. Eyes of Capricorn, Trill One, Jeremy Clancy, Big Daddy Pete, Jake DeLome, all the three, Ten Tizzy, all the mainstays. We have so much to talk about. The first game of the season, there's no way I'd rather be than right here, right now. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. They say my audio is low. Greg Bat Daddy is here. Uh, introduce yourself, and then I'll turn myself up. Oh, man, I'm back once again. They pulled me out of the Bat Cave tonight to uh, come talk about some Panthers football, and there's no other guys I'd rather be doing it with than you two tonight on this show. Uh, talk to some serious Panther fans. Gotten to know and uh, appreciate a lot of y'all for listening and uh, just chatting with you, just communication through Twitter and everything else, and it's been a great time. So. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get started, guys. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Uh, let's talk about the news so far. If you guys are still having problems hearing my audio, continue to let us know, and I'll work it out as we go on. I think what we need to talk about just from the beginning of the show, guys, is, um, well, the 53-man roster has come out. I'm all thrown off my game, guys, so I need you guys to come and help me out. Where do you think the 53-man roster is? Are there any surprises to you? So, I mean, I guess I'll start. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm a little bit surprised that um, that we didn't decide to, well, one, keep Torrey Smith, and that's an issue all, all of its own. That's its own bullet point. Um, but I, I'm surprised that uh, we chose to go with uh, Reggie Bonifant and Jordan Scarlett over Cameron Artis Payne. And I think it was warranted, to be honest with you. I mean, everyone knows I was on the Jordan Scarlet train. Um, I think he uh, has that ability to just make himself small and, and uh, evade tackles. And he has a, a real talent for doing that. And Reggie Bonifon, man, the, the guy, uh, he was undrafted last year. And apparently he's put the work in. He's put on more muscle. He's done well catching the ball out of the backfield. And I think the Panthers like the versatility of being able to put him in as another Christian McCaffrey type of running back that you can motion out, uh, you can send him in between the tackles. Um, that was the most surprising thing to me is the running backs and the uh, and the wide receivers. Yep. Now, I have to second that, man. That's what I was going to hit on, too. I really couldn't understand the Torrey Smith. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. He's not – hadn't been producing really, you know, but he was only with us for a year, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he didn't really have that big of an opportunity, but I, I just figured they would have wanted to keep that veteran presence, especially keeping people like Ray Ray McLeod and uh, Brandon Zolstra, you know, or Zostra, however you say it. Uh, sounds, you know, sounds like a pharmaceutical medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just surprised me with that. But uh, I was surprised with the running backs too. But I'm I'm with Tony. I'm a big Cameron Artis Payne fan. Uh, I think he's been kind of disrespected since he's been here. And you watch now, he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to blow up. It's going to happen. He never got a chance here. He never got a hat, man. 
Jeremy Clancy said uh, Cap is already trying out for the NOLA, so the Saints. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen to the end of the year. It's gonna, you know. I mean, Tony knows this. Tony and I went back and forth all last season. I wasn't ever really a fan of, of Torrey Smith. I didn't feel that he did a lot in our offense. I think it was a good presence for our locker room. But at this point in the ballgame, before the season starts, like I just don't understand why you do this now as opposed to earlier when it doesn't count for a million more dollars against your cap space. I mean, the, the guy took a pay cut to stay here. It's just not something uh, that I understand. I don't, I don't get the move. Um, and um, Tony, uh, Tim Tizzy says I'm at going hard. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, just don't know. I just don't know why you would release Tory Smith right now and you would choose to go with two unproven guys instead of him. Now, apparently there was an injury involved at some point, um, which I don't know all the details of. But I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this move right now. Uh, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the only thing I can think of real quick before you jump in, Tony, is uh, it could mean one of two things or a combination of both. It could mean that there was something with Torrey Smith we didn't know was happening. Maybe he just right. wasn't getting it, the injury, like you said. Or it could mean they have a lot of confidence in the guys they have they pick and they're on that are on the field. Yeah. Um, maybe they feel like they don't need that presence, that that veteran presence. Uh, but it, it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, to be I, honest with you, but I think that the the roster was um, in so many ways. I, I I didn't expect to be that surprised, right? And I did think that with Tory Smith taking the pay cut, that arguably they thought that he was going to. Uh, you know, be a, a play a role, at least as a role player. But I did see that Marty Herney said that the problem with, I think, a Tory Smith is that he's not really offering a ton on special teams. So that makes sense. What we, you yeah. know, is that you can have a guy that you're, you're not really trying to ask him to play a large role anyway on the, in, on the team as a receiver. So you need a guy that could potentially be more versatile. And you saw the guys that they added, they were, um, they were guys that were special teams like players. The question marks continue to surround for me is who's going to be returning kicks in, uh, for this team? How effective is that going to be? Uh, none of the guys that we are, are fielding out there right now have a lot of experience as a um, as a ultimate uh, as a returner in the NFL. They might have had some experience in college or in preseason. But we know that we have seen that it's been difficult for our teams to perform well when there have been question marks. That was really what Ted Ginn did so much for this team is they really – he just balanced our special teams so much on the return game. So question marks were there. I was surprised Cap was gone, but I'm not now that – you know, I think Scarlett looks fine. I think that uh, having – that the, obviously they didn't like Cameron Ars Payne the whole time. And I think he looked slower this year than he did in the past years where, you know, so it's finally, I mean, it's kind of keeping up with him. I was surprised that they did not keep a more veteran presence there in case something happened. They're not, they're not concerned about Christian McCaffrey though, with this offensive, uh, with this team. I I think the storylines for the 53 man roster are simply um, Torrey Smith released uh, and, we don't know what's going on at punt returner. 
or kickoff return and most importantly the kicking thing this whole mysterious graham gano incident it's bizarre what the heck is going on with graham gano and the panthers now with a new kicker guys so i think we have a tanya harding incident i think joey sly uh oh sly cooper as i'm going to affectionately call him uh took a hammer or something to graham gano's foot sometime in the offseason i'm calling it man because it seems like such a perfectly timed coup for Joey Sly just to sneak on in there and then, one, have the preseason performance that he did. I mean, say what you want about him. We don't know a whole lot. Uh, I know that he was with two other teams before he was with us. But, man, the dude has been money. He hit a 59-yard field goal, and it still had room to go further. I mean, listen, let's talk about the dumb luck that you have to have to, one, have had Graham Gano and Harrison Butker, who is now a, a stud for the Kansas City Chiefs. But now we're in another situation where Graham Gano can't kick, and we just so happen to have another baller of a kicker on the roster underneath him. Like, listen, Chicago, the Bears wish they had the problems that we have at kicker right now. So I think mm-hmm. we should count ourselves to be very blessed that Joey Sly is a Carolina Panther. Well, you know, what's funny about the cold kicking situation is I know I spoke last week about the special teams and I don't remember Carolina ever having a great special teams. Like no. it's, just, it's never, but we've always had a pretty decent kicker. Like, you know, John Casey and straight yeah. to, you know, Gano, like, like at least for the last, you know, little while we've had a riches, rich of riches of kickers. Um, and they've all been pretty well. We could have gotten rid of Gano and gone with Harrison Bucker, and I would have been fine with that. Me too. Uh, but uh, we didn't, and you know he went to a different team, and now he's you know making tons of field goals for them, which is fine. I was a Joey Sly guy. You know, I was ready to get rid of Gano. Not that anything against the guy at all, but you know Sly impressed me so much. You know, I, I posted that as soon as they put the fifty-three man roster up there, that uh, Sly was our guy. <clears throat> Got a lot of <laughs> a lot of people really like that, which is cool. Um, all right. <laughs> Let me tell you this. The whole situation is crazy and weird. All right. First, Graham Gano is our guy. He's our guy that they really seemingly reinvested in him. It's It seemed like this past year. Like, we got past our concerns with him a little bit, it seems like, for a little while last year. I don't know. They seem to be headstrong that he was going to be the kicker. Then you're talking about him not kicking in training camp. Like you said, this Tanya Harding, where is this knee injury coming from? They're not worried about it. There's no kicking competition. And then comes onto the scene this giant beast of a man that looks like he's trying to walk on the team as a linebacker. He's out there. I think Graham Gano might be scared. So just come back and kick with that guy right there. It's I am. They said Rivera, or he told Rivera that he could hit from seventy. He that that one he kicked last week probably could hit from seventy. Yeah, I, I believe him. I damn right. sure believe him. I'm telling you, man, there's a conspiracy afoot. I don't. It's, 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 it's <laughs> no pun it, intended. But I, yeah, it's so, yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny the timing of this all, and uh, you know the fact that. Yeah, Graham Gano goes down, and do we have this badass on the roster? And his name is awesome, too, Joey Sly. Come on, I'm going to call that dude Sly Cooper, just like the video game I grew up playing, man. That's that's Sly Cooper. <laughs> um, listen, uh, 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 Tony knows this, and Tony is one of the uh, biggest uh, Graham Gano haters that there is, and I don't blame you for it. 
Uh, Graham Gano missed some some big kicks when it mattered oh. in big spots. Oh. And and you know, it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship where, where you kind of say to yourself, well, I'm never going to be able to do better than this, so I might as well just settle. Whereas, you know, we found somebody new and it's time to move on. And um, the cap space thing is also weird because apparently uh, uh, we had to put him on, on IR and he's going to account for like a lot of money towards our salary cap, which makes that whole deal terrible. Well, but if we would have released him, if we would have released him, it would have been uh, we we would have had dead money, right? Right. So it's just a strange turn of events that you go from they didn't they didn't want to bring him back though. That's yeah. the that's the other thing is that they made they they made a calculated risk and that was they said that if we lose a roster spot on our team because we got to put Graham get, we got to bring in two kickers. If we have to put two kickers in, we are going to have to one guy uh, somewhere else on the team isn't going to make it. And the concern was that guy wouldn't make it through waivers and he could do a lot more for the team. The drop off though from Gano to Sly, they just ended up saying, "Man, they ultimately released him." And yeah. then put him on IR. I mean, that it's the same thing. By putting him on IR, he can't come and play this year. No. And Tony, you know what this reminds me of? You know how we always say how uh, Andrew Norwell would have never gotten a chance here in Carolina if uh, Amini Silatolu didn't get hurt first? And that's another scenario of the injury guys coming in and doing a better job making decisions than Ron Rivera would have. Like, I honestly wonder... If Graham Gano, let's say Sly is the better kicker of the two, and Graham Gano is healthy and still on the team, does Ron Rivera go with Graham Gano just because he's the safer bet that's been on the team the whole time? No, Ron Rivera doesn't like him. <laughs> you know what you what you were saying there, Cody, with with the 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 only re- the, but the injury and that's the only reason he got the position. Yeah. That happens a ton in the NFL. We find a lot of great yeah. players that way. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, if Drew Brees doesn't get injured that year, do you think Tom Brady is what he is now? No, not at all. And like, I just think it, that crazy. Like, and I just think that Tony and I talk about it because it seems as though there have been a few situations where that's happened for Ron Rivera, where mm-hmm. he's been forced to play a better player only because the player that he wanted to play was hurt or injured. And it just seems to be like an ongoing thing with Riverboat Ron. So I don't know. The heavens have smiled upon us, that's for sure. Yeah, especially if the guy can like make a you know a tackle on a on a dude at some point in the season for the for the picture alone, right? Or the gif alone, that would be fantastic. Uh, well, I'm sitting here looking at Joey Sly right now, just sitting here talking about him. He's only 23 years old, guys. Like that means he, he could be our kicker for the next 20 years. The way it works out in yeah. the NFL now, and as yeah. long as he doesn't kick a kick an, uh, 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 what is a kickoff out of bounds in the Super Bowl, I'm cool with it. Yeah, right. You know? True that. Right. True that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hear you on that one. All right. But so here's all the good age. Um any other things? I I guess the the other news other than the fifty three man so the fifty three man roster has been boring to me this year. And that's been a fantastic thing. Isn't yeah, it good you that it's boring? Yeah. Because you know the guys that you want to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, we, we continue. I mean, I think we know we, where we are as a team. I think our defensive line is going to be a giant strength. 
I, I think that our offensive line. Let's here. Let's momentarily w- talk about after you see some of the guys that played last week. What has been your before we move on to previewing the game or cat calls? What was your overall feeling about the team now that the preseason has come to the close to a close? We had so much optimism. Uh, just a few weeks back, we had that rough stretch, games two, the scaring game three, uh, continued to be just awfulness, game four, essentially. It kind of dampened our spirits a little bit, but now that we're kicking off uh, next week, where are you guys? I got to tell you, I am nervous as all get out. Because I feel like we have a chance, I'm nervous as crap. Anxi- I'm anxious. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and start saying this. I feel better about our defense than I have in years. I, I mean, I, I genuinely believe that. I'm impressed with Marquis' hands. Brian Burns is a given. The dude shot out of a cannon yes. on, on, yes. on most of those plays. Brian Burns is incredible. <clears throat> um, I'm excited about Bruce Irvin. Uh, I think um, uh, this is going to be – I would just say this. I, we, we shot on Don Poe all year last year. But this year, the man has no excuses because every other player on that offensive line is going to command more double teams than Don Taripo ever will. I mean, take your pick. K1 Short, Gerald McCoy, uh, Brian Burns. I mean, take your pick. Um, And I feel our defensive backfield with uh, Eric Reed, Trey Boston, uh, James Bradbury, and Dante Jackson, I feel confident saying that that's the best back four that we've had long time here in Carolina and I'm excited about that um, my problem and where I'm, I'm very concerned and I have no problem saying very concerned uh, is the left side of that offensive line and I've been saying it I don't trust Daryl Williams to be a left tackle um, I've seen him push back this preseason uh, just being blown up by uh, the, the white dude from Michigan that the Patriots drafted uh, short dude too and then Van Roden, I mean, come on, Aaron Donald is coming to town. You know they're going to put Aaron Donald on, on Greg Van Roten. And I'm just not sure how much I trust uh, that side of the offensive line to hold up. I mean, I, I really don't know what, what to think. I'm not I'm, – I'm concerned about it. It's a real concern. Okay. I'm going to put a little lipstick on this pig here. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> Uh, like, like I was saying last week, I don't take a lot of um, weight with what happens in the preseason. Uh, you know, I obviously want to look at that to get a, a judgment of what, what goes on, but I truly do feel even in the third game where they have the starters, everything you see is very vanilla. It's very basic. There's no real game plan. You're going out there just kind of going through the motions. Um, and I think especially with Carolina and a lot of different other teams, you don't show what you've got. Because I've heard a lot of coaches, uh, the Houston coach, uh, was talking about that, and uh, who's got Kyler Murray, the Arizona coach, Cardinals. and the, the Rams. Yeah, they're talking about they don't show their full package in the preseason. It makes sense. Uh, right. So, for me, it, it's a little different. I think defense is a little easier to judge in the preseason because even though they're running kind of vanilla plays too, uh, defense is a little more cut and dry. It's a little more like math. You know, uh, Offense, you can create different schemes, different plans to, to make things happen. Defense is... You can, but everything is basically the same. You're in a cover, you know, you're, you're in a man, you're in a zone, you're in a man's zone, and they're all basically the same. Uh, so we get a lot more out of viewing defense in the preseason. Uh, I, I'm not worried. Um, the, the opponent worries me a little bit, except for the last time I saw them on the field, they scored three points. 
you know? Yeah. And, and then, you know, I know the Panthers, I don't, not comparing this because it's two different times. They were playing, it's a better defense and they scored, what we, 14 points, 17 points in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, at least we put up more than three. Because of that, they may want to come out and show out, but they also haven't had their starters playing the whole game. Cooper Cup's coming coming off an ACL uh, tear, even though from what I hear, he's looking really, really good in his cuts. Uh, but I, I'm not worried. It's, it's week one, and if you're going to lose one, you want to lose it early, I feel. Like, week, week one's a nice punch in the mouth to take, other than, like, six or seven, in my opinion. So. All right, so where I'm at here, though, guys, at first I agree with a lot, every, actually both of you, right? You both raised points. There's things to be optimistic about. There's things to be um, kind of anxious about. Those are the same things we're always anxious about, too, is offensive line, how an offensive line can do injuries, these types of things. But I do think that Greg is right on this, is that the preseason, I don't feel, I'm not concerned that it was indicative of, of what this team truly is because I don't think you could do things to help the, the certain position groups because of the way we're calling the game, the offensive line, just everybody knows if it's a run, everybody knows if it's a pass, right? It's, it's, right. it's just hard without your, your, we couldn't, we could, we didn't have all our talent on the field, nor did we have any of our tricks up, uh, up our sleeve and not tricks, but just like styles and things that you're going to do. So I'm not worried going forward. Now, our opponent with the Rams, we're going to be previewing this in just a moment. This is going to be a heck of a game to open up with. I am not, I, I think my anxiety, guys, comes not from worried about what I saw, <coughs> excuse me, or worried about losing to the Rams. My anxiety comes is that my expectations are secretly and now publicly higher than I feel comfortable with them being. I'll second that. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll is that, that like it's called, like it feels like it matters. Like here's the moment. Like if it doesn't happen, my disappointment is going to be because I thought this was the moment. You almost feel a little cocky talking about it, right? Yeah, a little. Yeah. Well, yeah, is that I'm just, the hope is there. It's kind of like I feel like I'm about to go up and ask this hot chick on a date, and I feel like she's going to say yes. But, boy, it's right. going to hurt if she says no. Right. <laughs> You've got it in your mind. That's going to happen. And if it yeah. doesn't, oh. oh yeah. and, and, see, that's why I'm taking a completely different approach. And, like, some people are saying, you know, I'm worrying too much. I'm, I'm putting too much on, on, on preseason. I, I don't know, man. So for me, I'm kind of looking at it like this. You know, I'm trying not to have too many expectations. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be reasonable because a lot of times, I mean, listen, we're a Panthers podcast, so it's natural for us to be very big on the team and have high hopes for them. And I'm I'm, I'm trying to kind of temper that and be reasonable about my expectations for the team. I do think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, as we go into this game, I, I did want to make it a point to at least say that my, my concerns for the offensive line were not based off of the preseason. Uh, I think last year down the stretch, I just saw Greg Van Roten get beat up a lot. And, and, and Daryl Williams, I, I do think there's something to be said that he's not um, a, a natural left tackle. Uh, he's more of a right tackle than a left tackle. And Greg Little is in concussion protocol. So uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be the end of our season, 
But I'm saying it is something that that does concern me once we start to play the better defensive fronts. But uh, I mean, I, I'm nervous, but at the same time, I'm 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 quietly confident that we have a good team that we're going to be able to field and, and really be able to do something. Where where I guess the news is that Cam is is fine. Yeah. Okay. Super yeah. Um, I never, I never worried about him. What do you? Really. I no, guess do you get, do you get scared a little bit because of uh, maybe what happened with Orr? Does that? Is there anything that that's like waiting? Greg Little's concussion a little bit. How did he get a concussion? They, and they're both from Ole Miss. They're both left tackles from Ole Miss. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and they both were seventy-four. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stop now. I don't want, I don't want to make it too weird. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. I was going to say, honestly, with the whole Michael, the Orr thing, I was just thinking the same thing in my head a few minutes ago, and I had to kind of talk myself out of it, out of even bringing it up. But I don't think it's the same kind of thing because most people who get a concussion in this game don't go through the same path Michael Orr did. I mean, there's severity, different types of severities of concussions and everything else, but not most people don't go through the same thing he did. So I'm not that worried about it. We just don't want any bad juju. No bad juju on that. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're hanging out in the Vivid Seats studios tonight. If you're heading to the game, check out Vivid Seats. They can help you out with your tickets. Um, guys, I'm going to the game this week, and I think that we're – oh, either we do have to plug a couple of things. We should self-promote now that I'm starting to settle down. First, the self-promotion is this, is after the game on Sunday, we're going to do our first post-game show. The crazy part about this is that now that I'm feeling confident that tonight's show just screwed up like crazy, usually I feel so good. We're taking the show on the road. I'm going to Cody's house after the game. I'm going straight to Cody's house. We're going to do the post game from Cody's house. So you guys make sure to tune in. It'll probably be we're aiming for a 430 time that and then after that, I got to drive home. How about that? Is it going to be a long day for the professor? But you can be a part of the C3 Panthers post game show. The number is 252 228 5098. That's also the number for tonight's calls. The cat calls line, the number is 252 228 5098. And uh, anything else that we got to promote? I think that's about it. So, here, let's go ahead. Why don't we just go ahead and jump into the cat calls? And I think I've tweaked the setting. Hopefully, can you hear? This guys is the real question. I'm telling you the re the the updates on my computer killed everything. But here we go. Let's see if these cat calls work. What's up, G? Yeah. My man, G. Appreciate you, man. It's a pre-Sunday call. Oh. 
Hey, uh, hey, Tony, you might hold up. That everybody's saying no audio on the cat calls. I really, really do. Yeah, you know, Tony, you hear right, talking all, right, all this yank. Right. Yeah, go ahead, and, go ahead and pause them. We don't have any audio on the. Uh, all right, here it goes. On the cat I calls. got it. I got it. I got it. Here it comes. Let me see. Here we go again. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... And this podcast, how y'all doing? They said it's good. Keep, keep up the good work, you know, and because you guys are, you guys have, excuse me, the best show on the internet, in my opinion. Quick little thing I'm about to say before I let you guys go, because I know you guys are busy. Um, I really do not see Cameron Artist Payne making the final cut. I really don't. I think that young dude, Jordan Scarlett from Florida, I think he's going to take over. I really do. I don't yes, think sir. Holyfield's gonna make it either. Personally, I mean, Holyfield—he—he's he, a good running back, and my man called it. We have a good boatload of running backs, you know. But I really think Scarlett, like, is ahead of all those dudes. So I, I really, really do. And with everybody talking all this yin yang about Andrew Luck, let the dude retire, man. I mean, he—he he did what he had to do. I still have something against him because y'all remember 2011. Yep. I really yeah. thought he was yep. going to come to the Carolinas. I really did, but he stayed in, you know, another year in school, and he graduated, which is good and everything. But I don't really hold that against him, you know. But people need to stop comparing Luck, saying Luck is better than Cam Newton because he's not. Look at nope. the records. He Cam Newton is ahead of Andrew Luck. But I can say this, though, and you guys can laugh at me, you can't grieve me or disagree. If he does come back, which I seriously doubt he does, but if he comes yeah. back, I would take him as a backup. I really would. <laughs> Keep yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys go ahead and respond. Quick response to G's call. Well, I'll say this. My man called it. Uh, he, he called Cap not making a roster. G called uh, Holyfield not making a roster, even though he did make the practice squad. And uh, he agrees with me that Jordan Scarlett is going to be something special, man. Um, and, uh, and and listen, people that follow me on Twitter that know me know uh, how I feel about Andrew Luck. I like him as a player. But it just seems like I shit on him a lot because I'm always having to compare him and defend him against Cam Newton. Cam has clearly had the better career. But that being said, the NFL is a little worse off because it just lost uh, a great franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't wish him anything bad it sucks that he's not playing no more and it makes the game that we play against the colts a lot less fun but the man did what he had to do for him and his family so i support it it was going to be satisfying to see cam beat luck hell yeah it was well i've already seen it once i went to that game actually kyler Ren's holding up my uh my banner there from that game nice Colts panthers game so um that you here's my thing with that is I agree with him. Everybody needs to just drop this Andrew Luck thing, man. He's, he's gone. Let, let him do his thing. You know, he's, it, he's not going to bother you anymore. I promise, you know, uh, but it's very hard to compare players because I'm a true believer that it's the situation you fall into. Like, can you imagine uh, Cam Newton behind the, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line? 
Oh, like that, or, or or Christian McCaffrey behind the like. There's a reason why every every running back for the Dallas Cowboys is a great running back or, or has has a decent year is because they have a great line. Right. And the situation you fall into uh, changes how you you know what what you uh, end up doing. Look at Nick Foles. Same kind of thing. He was a journeyman. Went you know he's the back of Philly and Philly had was the right position for him. Now he's going to go to Jacksonville and probably be, probably be garbage. But you know. Um, but either way, uh, it, it's very hard for me to compare players in that manner because so many things can change based on where you are and where you came from, you know? Yeah. You're listening sure. to the C3 uh, Panthers podcast. The cat calls line is 252-228-5098. Let's keep pounding through with these calls. Hey, guys. This is Matt calling you from New York again this week. Uh, up, Matt? I caught a little bit of a sports center. Uh, today from behind the bar, and they were doing a spot on the Panthers, and they were saying that uh, Cam Newton was in a make-or-break year this year because the Panthers didn't have a good year last year. And if Cam doesn't produce, if the Panthers don't make the playoffs, then uh, the Panthers could, uh, maybe would, and, and probably should move on from Cam Newton after this season and draft the quarterback of the future next April. And, uh, look, I, I know we're all a bunch of uh, 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 Cam uh, stands around here. I, I count myself yes, uh, we are. as one of them. But even so, this just sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh, Cam played well last year until his injury proved so grievous that, that he just couldn't play and they had to pull him. But – even after that Steelers game where he got hurt, Cam injured, managed to keep us in and almost win a number of those games that we ended up losing on that streak. So it just seems outrageous, uh, uh, moronic even, uh, to suggest <laughs> that the Panthers would, would part ways with Cam uh, if the Panthers didn't make the playoffs this year. But I I could be wrong. Uh, uh, tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me how I how I could be wrong. I just don't. No, we're not going to tell you you're wrong. You're not wrong. This, it's not going to happen. Now, here, guys, we we need to see Cam. Look, Cam is going. It is an important year for Cam, right? Is that Cam's, oh, yeah. Cam's Cam's contract is is approaching? It's one of those things that. If you're gonna, if they won't wait till the end of the deal to do the deal, if they both want each other, you know. Yeah. So guys are gonna be working. So if Cam comes out and has a good year this year, Carolina is gonna go ahead and pony up and pay for it. I wouldn't be surprised if they extend him earlier, but then his contract ends. I mean, I just, I just think I don't think. Here's the deal, guys. We will not be bad enough ever uh, with Cam there to – to or at any point. It would, I mean, he would have to go out in week one and for us to get a draft pick that would ever even make it a, a – like a question. And even then, if you look at these guys – they're nobodies. I mean, look at this. It's, imagine if we could have picked Kyler Murray this year. Say we had the number one draft pick, and yeah, there, there, and it was two years later. Say Cam has another year where he's hurt, and you're like actually starting to think maybe it's time. No, like Cam would have to be like in a wheelchair for me mm -hmm. to want him over somebody else over him. 
So I think that there's not. I, I do think it's an important year. I think the the importance though probably falls more on Rivera and Marty Herney this year to see how long that we're going to stick with them than Cam. Uh, I don't think Cam is in is in any in danger in the near future or ever with the Carolina Panthers. So I'll I'll, I'll say two things and I'll try and be quick about it. And this is relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, it's being reported right now that Jared Goff has signed a four-year extension with the L.A. Rams. This is real news. This is all happening right now. Uh, I was reading it before we went live on the show. And what that means is, is now they're paying quarterback money, which is what we've been doing. Cam Newton has two more years on his contract, and then basically we have to decide whether or not we're going to pay Cam Newton the richest contract in the history of the NFL. And at the end of the day, everyone has to remember that this is a business. No one is a bigger Cam Newton fan than me. And, in fact, this is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that they're going to try and get ahead of that curve that this season, if Cam Newton balls out and does his thing and plays to the level that we know he can play once he has the pieces around him, and now it finally seems as though he does, they're going to pay Cam Newton probably at the end of this year to uh, put him ahead of the Patrick Mahomes contract that's going to come Deshaun Watson all the guys are getting paid more and more and more and more when does uh, the, the CBA run up guys uh 2021 20? so, yeah real so, soon not, not, not far yeah. away yeah so Trevor Lawrence my uh, Clemson quarterback if he's the first pick in the 2021 draft he will be the first player drafted under the new CBA okay. and, and 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 by the way out of all the quarterbacks coming out I mean the only the the only time that I would ever see a scenario where we would try and be replacing Cam Newton, and I'm not saying this is my preference, is if we were in the race for a Trevor Lawrence, who is, might be a once-in-a-lifetime generational quarterback. But, I mean, no, that's so far away no, right now. No. Well, I'm saying, no, I'm not saying from a <laughs> fan perspective. I'm saying if you're the owner having a, a, a rookie quarterback or the highest – quarterback contract in the NFL, you know, the, I mean, we don't know what David Tepper is going to do, but uh, listen, it, it doesn't matter anyway. Cause all is Cam this, if is Cam is hurt, out. if Cam gets injured again in the next two years, that would be the way that that conversation might gain some momentum. Yeah. But if well, Cam yeah. is healthy for the next year, I mean, I expect him to lock him up and you do it sooner 100%. than later. Yeah. Well, you know, touching on both both y'all were saying, I think Tony advocated that uh, there is one thing about Cam Newton is that he loves being in Carolina, playing Carolina, and Carolina loves Cam. And that's a great, great thing to have with your quarterback, where where the city's in love with him and he loves the city, at least from what I see of him. Uh, And with what Cody was saying, I, I... I think the only way we we ever get rid of Cam until he's ready to retire, and the way I feel, at least the way I want it to be, is through injury. Uh, he has some kind of injury where he's not going to be the same guy or he's not going to play anymore. And uh, as far as the Trevor Lawrence things goes, I'd take Tua over Trevor Lawrence, just personally. Oh, uh, well. Uh, you know, TT's, yeah, I'm not a big college football fan, but uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, right I, now, I, man, Tua. So. Hey, dude, 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 it's, it's perfectly okay for you to be wrong. That's a, it's a hundred percent. I don't think you can really go wrong either way with that. You yeah, know? no, not, no, they're not both talking trash about Trevor Lawrence. He's a great quarterback, but yeah, uh, for sure, they're both they're both ballers. And I just want to make sure 
just so that way no wires have been crossed here. I don't want to think about a Carolina Panthers-led football team without Cam Newton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cam Newton is our man. As uh, as our caller said, we are stands for Cam. Uh, I'm just trying to look at this from a business perspective, and I already told you what I think is going to happen. Cam is going to have a fantastic year this year, and yeah. uh, and uh, David Tepper and the front office, they're going to get a jump and offer – Cam Newton a new contract before 2020. I, I feel that in my bones. It'd be very smart to do that. Get ahead, get ahead, because because they're going to have to pay him a lot more if they sign guys like you know uh, uh, the Kansas City quarterback uh, McCombs and stuff like McCombs yeah. like that. It, it's it's they need to get ahead of the curve, you know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, they've gotten Cam at kind of a deal to be honest for a while. Uh, I mean, we paid him, but we got him on that 2013 that 2013 money or whatever right. 2014 money, which is good. Um, you know, I think for me, the more concerning question will be is what happens with McCaffrey is is that if the Cowboys pay Zeke right now, you have quarterbacks winning. I think the only one that's probably lost has been Le'Veon Bell. But some people said he got less money. Now people are saying the Jets made the worst thing ever. I don't know. I don't really care. Is that, But McCaffrey would be he would be the one that would be tough. To replace, I mean, we Cam is irreplaceable. To me, though, the real question is going to be next year with Christian McCaffrey's contract. I think a lot of this, though, what we cannot really forecast, specifically with Cam, with kind of asking if uh, David Tepper is going to want to rattle, you know, try to look in a different way, is we don't know what the the temperature of the room is on the CBA. And right. I, I do think that, like, hey, that provides some uncertainty uh, with rookie contracts. Uh, there, there's, I'm, a, I'm guessing that they're going to make some changes to the rookie contracts because they've been, a lot of people believe, too play, uh, team friendly. And I don't know. And I think it's going to be very hard to bet at that point without knowing. So there's going to be some things that Tepper probably has his ear to the ground and looking towards that probably dictate that. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're in the cat calls line. The number's 252-228. We had a rusty start. We're knocking off the rust. Uh, and, and much like the Rams will be because nobody's practiced on their team, let's keep going with your calls. What's up, Tony and the fellas, man? This is your boy, Mr. Money. Uh, just hoping y'all doing all right, man. Excited about this season. Just wanted to let y'all the boys know I am still watching. Y'all always still my guys. And Cat Chronicles is always popping, man. This is your boy, Straight Facts. I'm out. Appreciate that, T-Money. Uh, T-Money goes back into the day with us as we've been doing the, the YouTube Hangouts. We appreciate that support. You guys, it's a good time to mention that you can support the podcast by smashing the thumbs up button. Continue to tune in with us live on Tuesday night or writing a review or any just telling one friend about the podcast. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, it's available everywhere. Go ahead, Cody, and tell them how they can get after you on Twitter. We'll go ahead and plug ourselves for a second. At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, hit me up, man. Fo- now that football season it is underway, it's going to be a lot of Carolina Panthers tweets and hot takes. It's going to be a lot of Clemson football tweets and hot takes. And overall, just me shitting on the Falcons and the Saints. So that's always a good time. So give me a follow. 
Greg, where the, can they find you on Twitter? Uh, same way, man. Twitter is the only way you can find me, and it's at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. And just a quick plug at uh, SCS Podcast One, uh, Super Civil Servants Podcast. If you're a geek, check it out. Check it out. Back to your calls. Hey guys, it's Tyler from Spruce Pond again. Um, Spruce Pond, North Carolina. Shout out. Anyway, uh, I was thinking about the Cam Newton injury, if you want to call it an injury. Um, The more I think about it, the more I worry. Because a lot of the time, strains can have a nagging effect. And we've seen Cam Newton in the past deal with nagging injuries year after year. And when he has to deal with those nagging injuries, you know, normally it it can affect your play. Um, not to say that he's not a tough dude because he'll play through a car accident uh, where his truck literally was totaled and he played the next week maybe against Tampa. Or maybe Derek yeah. Anderson started. I don't know. Either way, he's a tough Oh, he played. Uh, he played. Broke his it back. It just worries me that this injury is, is going to be a nagging effect to him, not to keep him out of play, but how much of an effect is it going to have on him for the year going forward? Uh, I guess that's my question to you guys. And let's face it, our backups suck. Uh, Kyle Allen, we need to cut him. Uh, he sucks. He is. Will He's Greer, awful. He sucks. Maybe in the future he'll be all right. Terrible. But right now he sucks. Um, and Taylor Haneke. He's gone. He sucks a little less. <laughs> he sucks he a little less. So. All right. What are you your thoughts on that? That's what are we Tyler do from if... SP Spruce Prime. Uh, guys, your thoughts on Cam Newton? Any concern of the nagging foot? Greg, why don't you jump on this one first? All right, real quick. I just got one thing to say about Cam Newton with the foot. If you got worried about Cam Newton injuries, is that right there? Yeah, baby. So that's that's my Superman. Uh, I'm not worried about Cam Newton with injuries, man. Uh, Not for another couple of years. He's done a really good job uh, recovering. You got to think about it. He had the same kind of shoulder surgery that Andrew Luck did. And, you know, he came back in a lot less time. I know he had to have it tweaked again, but it's because he got hit. I mean, it wasn't because he was, you know, throwing motions or, or go, you know, going through the motions with everything. Uh, I'm not worried about Cam. He He's a monster. He's bigger than 90% of the NFL. Uh, so that eventually is going to run out, and he's getting to that point very soon. But as far as this injury goes, he was throwing the ball two days later or three days later in practice. Uh, and it's been, a, what, a week and a half, almost two weeks since then. So yeah. I'm not too worried about it. We still got five days till football, till actual real football. And so Cam Newton's injury doesn't bother me, uh, at least the one he had before. Now he goes down, breaks a leg, breaks an arm. It's a little different. But uh, this injury, I'm not too worried Shush. about it. So Yeah, I'm not too worried about it either. The fact that it's Cam Newton, if it was anybody else, I mean, even if it's a grade one sprain, uh, you know, apparently it still needs a, a little more than, than three or four weeks to fully, fully, fully heal. Uh, but listen, we're talking about Cam Newton, man. That you know, like the caller said, the dude has flipped his truck before and then came back. I'm I'm just not worried about it. Cam Newton has earned the benefit of the doubt. We've seen what he's willing to put his body through for this football team, and I, I'm just I'm not worried about him. Um, as far as our backups are concerned, yeah. Uh, listen, this song remains the same as it's always been. 
if Cam Newton goes down and can't play, it don't matter who's backing him up. Right. No, one, no one's going to come in and do what Nick Foles did for Philadelphia. Right. That's, That's not happening rare. here. Very That's rare. Not it doesn't happen here. anywhere except no, for that it, one time. That, that well, might be the only time that it'll ever happen. Oh, well, they'll, they'll say what was Tom it? It was Brady. Brady was they'll the say last Tom time. Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Brady was the last time. And then what? It was 20 years later almost. Well, Tom right. Brady ended up being one of the best, you know, maybe the best quarterback of all time. Nick Foles isn't, you know, I think Jacksonville is going to get a good look at who Nick Foles is. I, I don't feel Nick Foles is a starting caliber quarterback. So, uh, but I think he was competent enough to take a good team and win the Super Bowl. He's just Joe as good Flacco. as Jared Goff. I Dude, bet you that. Joe, Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl ring, for God's sakes. Dude, Trent okay, Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, Trent like, Dilfer. Yeah, you, you just have to be good enough. Now, I will say I don't think that either of our backups are good enough to even do that. Yeah. But whatever, man. That That's how it was going to be no matter what. Well, here's a common misconception is that Super Bowls are a team effort right a good quarterback can get you there and do a really good job but that's a team effort it's just like anybody who compares i can't stand it when i hear people compare you know tom brady versus uh cam newton or not just saying any quarterbacks it's not the quarterback versus the quarterback it's the quarterback versus the other team's defense the quarterbacks have nothing yeah. to do with each other <laughs> like at all <laughs> yeah, so i can't stand all. hearing that comparison um now the there's no concern with cam unless he re-aggravates the foot somewhere down the road and then that would be the definition of a nagging injury and then that would be really irritating and nagging to all of us i think i'm super encouraged though about cam newton's health because i'm not really worried that right now he's got like structural pro like this is gonna be all of a sudden like he's gonna have this bum foot later on there's no real sign that that would ever be the case what is encouraging though is like hey i just watched those mr beast videos where cam yeah. newton is is hanging out with the youtuber who is from greenville north carolina my town and uh he's throwing underhand these like softball throwing motions yeah. Like, uh, different types of motions. He's out there. To me, if there's any real concern when it comes to Cam Newton's shoulder, those moments would not exist. There would be no time where he would be hanging out with Mr. Beast, throwing the football, doing weird crap, like throwing it un underhanded, out there catching one-handed passes, whatever, with his right. You know, like he caught all those little one-handed toss with his right hand. Right hand. Yep. He kept his arm up there for a minute. So I think right now all signs are to be encouraged about Cam Newton's health going forward, not discouraged right now. I think it's a myth that he's he's injury prone. He had he's had two unrelated injuries in his career. He had the the ankle early on, and then he had the shoulder. And other than that is that, and then he reaggravated the shoulder. So if he can come back, which it looks like it, all things are a go. Pay Cam forever. If he's a quarterback in 20, 30, I'm okay. Oh, hey, guys, it's Tyler again, Oh, man. Tyler's uh, back. I just got to thinking about something else, too. Um, and it's been really going on since, you know, Cam's rookie year. I guess that was uh, statistically one of his better years, too. Um, but a lot of the time when you see these mobile quarterbacks break out of the pocket, they almost have like a second play for whenever the quarterback scrambles. So you have like a, a short route, an intermediate route, and a deep route, but you always have those options that are coming back to the quarterback. Um, and a lot of the time, I don't see receivers running those second routes. 
I guess you could call it. Uh, when Cam scrambles, a lot of the time he's on his own. You know, he uh, has to throw the ball away a lot. Uh, our receivers yeah. don't necessarily break open by themselves. It's kind of like almost they give up on the route after the quarterback scrambles. Um, I don't know if I'm just not seeing the same thing as people uh, or if we might need to, you know, develop kind of a different scheme for when Cam does scramble. Um, but it's not something that I hear talked about a whole lot. And it's honestly not something that you really hear uh, about even with those other quarterbacks scrambling. But uh, it's not something that uh, you guys see as well. All right, uh, thanks. Keep keep pounding. All right, thanks for the call. He's uh, thanks for the call. Interesting insight there, guys. I've got two points on that, and then I'll turn it to Cody. For me, number one, there's two layers to this. One is the type of uh, when when things, the difference between a design run and a scramble, like a broken play, and a design run. Right, obviously, two different concepts. One needing the receivers to be involved as blockers. The other, obviously, receivers where things have broken down. When that happens, I feel like it's so quick in Carolina. The guys have no idea. to. They can't know that the play's broken down. They've only right. taken three or four steps at this point, and it's already getting blown up. That's one element. The The other question is, is this really about the teaching and the route tree concepts or the offensive scheme concepts? Going back to Mike Shula's days, we talked about how those his offense in many ways wanted Cam to throw these longer developing routes. North Turner's got some of that in his offense as well. One of that that play that Cam got hurt on, you could see that that play needed time to develop. They probably should have audibled it in the regulars. I I feel like it's hard to tell at this point. I don't really know if we've seen North Turner's offense long enough to say that we don't have that in the in the book or we just are seeing times where where it just didn't work out. Cody, where do you think about this in the in the guys coming back, the guys adjusting to blitzes? Is is this Cam maybe not picking it up, calling it right at the line and no. adjusting? Is this par is this maybe that the paradis is new to it? We really haven't seen anything, so I don't even know how to to address it because it we've only seen North Turner last year. That's the only thing him and Cam Newton that have been in common. And when Cam was healthy, none of that was happening. This is a failure of three different offensive coordinators to make use of the most dynamic weapon that there has ever been at the quarterback position. If you have someone like Cam Newton, why are you not using the threat of him running to roll him out on bootlegs? We and do. Extra? We do. Uh, not enough. We don't do that, we don't do that near enough yeah. as you see with, with some of these other players. When it happens – that's because Cam Newton made magic where there was no magic to be had. Mike Shula was terrible at it. Uh, Chud, in his first year, did a good job with some of the concepts. But, yeah, when you have a weapon like Cam Newton, you have to use that mobility more to your advantage. And the fact that, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the, the caller mentioned that the receivers never uh, run that secondary route when Cam rolls out. It's like whenever the play call breaks down, there isn't a backup plan. It's, hey, let's hope that Cam Newton can muscle his way through seven defenders like he did against Atlanta in 2015. 
Uh, it's such an underutilized. I, I don't know if we've seen enough of Norris system to make a judgment on that. We well, saw him with Cam that's, for se- that's a good eight point. games. Yeah, we saw so, him with Cam with Cam for eight games, and we were six and two. It's yeah. only been one season, and what, what I think the main component is Cam Newton doesn't have to have those things in order to be successful. And but man, imagine if we had an offensive coordinator that was able to build something like that. We do. Him. We do. But that, that North yep. Turner has been around forever. That's not, that's not, you mentioned about North Cam is 30 years old. You're acting like we should play Cam like a 22 year old Cam. It's not the same. No, Cam. I'm not saying it's... to run him. I'm saying motion him out, on, uh, motion him out some more and, and, and throw the ball on the run. They do that in college football all the time. You're going to see that more and more in the NFL. Right, but college football players are nineteen year old, twenty year old kids. There there is a difference. Like mm. Cam's talented. There, but there is. is a difference, you know, as far as just recovery speed, age, it, it all has to do with that. My my thing is for me, it's the receivers. Uh if yeah. you're a receiver, you've got to have that point where if you're running a timing route and you turn around, the ball's not there, you've got to recognize the situation and adjust. If you see Cam scrambling and you've made the turn in your timing route and the ball's not in your in your coming to you. Then adjust and get open for them. I want to have, you know, I want to have this conversation in week eight. Week eight, because and and the reason I say that is because we don't even really know anything about our receivers either. Either you know what I'm saying. So sometimes is it's it's going to be hard to say like, hey, is we what we saw from North Turner was fine last year. He got shook when everybody, the whole organization, got shook in that Steelers game. And we never could recover from it. So he was no more shook than anybody else. Uh, we'll see how – we need to see what the talent we got. I think it's going to be a lot different with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. And uh, and going back to the Torrey Smith cut, this is a, a full investment. I think this speaks volumes to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both. The Carolina Panthers are ready to ride with these receivers despite – their limited experience. Those are our guys this year. And the yeah. other dudes are going to be working in around them. Jairus, it's going to be Jairus Wright and the two youngins. And and then we'll see Hogan in, in, in special situations. Other than that, that's the whole receiver get up right there. Well, you know, there's somebody in the chat earlier. I can't remember who it was. It was a long time ago we were talking about it. Uh, Chris Hogan kind of replaces Torrey Smith as far as the veteran. Because I know he hadn't been in the league that long, but he's got Super Bowl experience. I mean, he, he yeah. caught over 100, 100 yards in one Super Bowl. I mean, he's, he's a great receiver that gets no respect. He kind of takes that role, I feel, as far as Torrey Smith goes. I wanted Torrey Smith to work out, but he didn't do any. He, he caught one good touchdown for us. He dropped one touchdown for us. He was hurt the whole time. I didn't dislike him. Uh, I did think everybody dogged us as it being the worst move in the history when we got him for $5 million bucks. Um, But he, he didn't do it. It didn't work out for us, for sure. Uh, let's keep going with these calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Hey, fellas. This is Anthony from California. What's up, Anthony? So I started – this is – I have two questions. The first one's going to be kind of silly, but I'm from California, and I might have said that before. But anyways, we're going to move forward here. <laughs> I finally started streaming, like, Panthers football with – the local broadcast and I can't stand the fact that the scoreboard and the timer 
is like on the top of the TV. Like, are you guys used to that since you guys live out there, or do you guys hate it too? Because I think if we get enough retweets on Twitter, we can make that a thing. Where is it at for <laughs> okay. you? Second question. Yeah. The bottom? We're seeing with Ron Rivera, like, he's a defensive-minded coach, and we're not necessarily – well, like, I guess we'll see this year, but, you know, the defense isn't really – like, hasn't really been up to par, really, since the Super Bowl season in 2015. And I'm wondering if he's just – I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think he could just be with the wrong personnel. Do you think that we – would be better off switching to a more offensive-minded coach as it kind of looks like that's the way the league's turning. Thanks, fellas. Always appreciate you guys taking these calls and uh, looking forward to tuning in. Bye. Go ahead and start us off, Cody. So I, I've been wanting to do this uh, for a good little while now. Uh, a, a good offensive-minded head coach. And, and like I said, and we might disagree, but uh, like, you know, I feel that Cam Newton, especially under Mike Shula, had been really under service for such a long time. And I think that there are people that are better suited to get the most out of Cam Newton that are still out there. Now, I'm not shitting on North Turner. Like I said, I'm hoping for the best. And I, I genuinely feel Cam's going to ball out this year. Um, but, yeah, man, if uh, if the wheels fall off this year, and Ron Rivera's out the door. I want a, an offensive-minded head coach, someone that knows how to do some different things on offense that we haven't done here in Carolina um, in a long time. That being said, uh, I do think that the switch to the 3-4 is uh, – I give Ron Rivera all the credit in the world for that because I look at the personnel that we have and the people that we drafted and signed in free agency, and uh, we look explosive, man, and, and dangerous on defense. So I would like that if it happens uh, that we move on for Braun. I would love an offensive-minded head coach, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Greg? Uh, two things to that. Uh, me personally, I, I have to disagree with you, disagree with you on that. Uh, I, I want to keep a defensive-minded head coach for two reasons. One, because a defense can score and stop a score. An offense can't do that. So, so you have an advantage already with a defense where you can – put points on the board, and stop the other team from scoring points. So for me personally, defense is always going to be the number one thing. Uh, two, you go back and look at any kind of championship. Uh, if you've got a great offense against a great defense, it doesn't always happen, but most of the time, the defense. great defense wins. Now, there are times where you have a Super Bowl or a championship game where there are two great offenses, and it's you know usually like a 35 to 42-point game. That's a no-defense game. But you put any kind of a great defense against a great offense, generally the great defense is going to win and i'll take those numbers I and mean, look at last year the uh the rams were a great offense they went up against a pretty good defense in fit in uh, new england and you saw what happened three points yeah, yeah and i think that's the uh, a lot of people think if you have a head coach that's of one mind or another that you have uh you know if he's an offensive minded head coach then the defense isn't going to be uh very important but also look at sean McVay. the rams had a great defense also and they but, held the Patriots to, to 13 points. Uh, it, it's all about the, the coaches and, and the personnel that you hire and the, and the philosophy. But Bill Belichick is a defensive coach. No, but who, who is the Rams' defensive coach? Uh, um, Wade Phillips. It was, it was, Wade it Phillips. was Greg. Yeah, well, so uh, Wade Phillips and then um, 
Yeah, he's amazing. So when you look at it like that, I mean, yeah, you have a great offensive mind with, with, uh, you know, um, whoever the Rams head coach is McVay, but you also have an amazing defensive coach too. So that, yeah. that kind of doesn't apply there. I don't feel, you know, well, I think you have this great, is that you know, one that defensive coach could be a head coach here. Is it, we're getting off the track on this off the rails because one, we're all in with Ron Rivera after Hi. we saw the Amazon series. Is right now we're all in with Ron Rivera until we're not. And that is, this is, if Ron Rivera has a losing season, if he, it's, it's going to be the end of him and Marty Herney. One more losing yeah. season, they're going to they're going to bring something out different. I don't really care if it's offensive-minded or defensive-minded. I want a guy who is capable right a guy that who is is good at whatever they do particularly managing a team and i think that that's the harder part here i don't think that i would rather have savants as coordinators and uh, somebody who is kind of grizzled as a head as a head coach now i don't think that that means i want a guy who has to be a retread in the league I think Sean McVay has a certain toughness to him when he speaks a little bit that is 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 um enthrall like will bring you in. You know what I'm saying? It kinda will capture you a little bit. I, I think though at the end of the day it comes back to this is of course everybody wants the next awesome savant coach, but who the heck is it? And it's such a it's kind of a pipe dream. It just doesn't happen. Is McVay is the closest it's got and it hasn't been perfect there. Right. You know, I mean, he's been very, very good. All signs are pointing that that guy's going to be a great coach in the future, way better than what they had before. But he still got outmatched by um, by Belichick. And then at the end of the day, is that he's the best of them? Look at like I'm start. I'm gonna look. I'm looking at Arizona. Not not really good. I think it's working. I look at Gase. Everybody says Gase. We haven't seen anything there. Miami's falling apart. He left it in shambles. Nothing's good. I don't know who is the last good coach other than McVeigh. That's the young guy that burst onto the scene. Well, and look at Andy Reid uh, in Kansas City, and he was with Philly before. You know, that's a guy that everybody says is one of the best plant callers offensively in the NFL, and he's never won a Super Bowl. So sometimes even the great coaches never never yeah. make it all, yeah. all, all, all the way there for, for whatever reason. I uh, got the name for you, Cody, though. I got the name for you. If Ron Rivera and the Panthers do poorly this year – here is the name, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, man. Oh, listen, that's the that's the quarterback whisperer, man. And that, that's a different game, though. You know, it, yeah. It but I have a, uh, I have experience with Lincoln. He was a offensive coordinator under Ruffin McNeil here at East Carolina. We're really good. Okay. He's been okay. amazing. He's kind of the young guy that uh, I think might have the child. He's the only one. But that's because I'm personally rooting for him. Well, but so no, there's no I, bias in there at all. Right. right. <laughs> There's definitely a bias. I will say this, though. As someone that does follow college football, I have seen the, the last two Heisman Trophy winners come yeah. from a, uh, come from a, a Lincoln-Riley offense. And Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts was the second-best quarterback at, uh, at Alabama. And then they just played, and he put up six touchdowns. I mean, they, they call the guy the quarterback whisperer. So, yeah, yeah and I think you – know, and I'll end it with this. is You know, I want a coach – that's going to be able to utilize the generational talent that is Cam Newton. That's yeah. all I want. 
because Cam Newton oh, you really missed the boat, that. brother. You missed the boat. Is now at this point? There's no damn boat. We, we can we can still for that point no is that yeah. now it doesn't is that i don't i don't think there's going to be some crazy evolution that it's going to be some i don't think it's a magic potion now i think now we know how to use cam i'm man we got we got all we need norv is wonderful rivera said go punch him in the fucking mouth man well fuck yeah. those guys yeah well, hey, you know the cool. thing is though with with coaches it comes back to the same thing i was talking about before it has to do with situational like the, what they fall into McVay's a great coach, and I'm not knocking that at all. But I think I could be a great coach if I had Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper oh, Cup, yeah, Todd Gurley, and the defense they had. I could probably coach the game and probably win 12 games. Yeah, you know? that's why the general so, manager is You've got to take that into consideration as well. Yeah. I'd be like, Aaron Donald, go get me the ball. Right. Early. Go score me a right. touchdown. All right, yeah. let's call it a night. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's plow on with these calls. Hey guys, Kyle from VA again. Uh, it doesn't really have to do with uh, preseason or anything that's been going on. It's something I thought was cool when I was playing Madden. Um, I started my franchise with the Panthers, and when when you're the owner or the coach, you can uh, you can go in and edit your type of scheme that you want for your defense or whatever. And I went and got Trey Boston, so I had the same exact personnel as we do right now. Um, and it starts you off as Panthers as a 4-3 because we didn't make that switch when Madden, I guess, put in the rosters and everything. And it's a 51% fit for our personnel, a 4-3. And all I did was switch it to a 3-4 scheme, automatically 91% fit. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm so psyched to see this defense this year, man. They're going to be scary. We stay healthy. We're gonna have a historically good defense. Thank you. Great. Keep pounding. Brian Burns. Those are the two. Burn, baby, burn. Let's burn this house to ground. That guy is is gonna be something special. It looks like Cody. You've been all over it since the beginning. But in thinking of this defense without Brian Burns. I wasn't even expecting Brian Burns to be uh, a contributor, really. Not saying I didn't think he would contribute, but I didn't. I don't. I just generally don't count on rookie defensive ends doing much in, in, uh, that far. I was so excited about McCoy. I was so excited about p- changing this over, getting some of the other guys to uh, some reps, getting Bruce Irvin, um, Marquise Haynes, the guys that I thought. And then I thought Brian Burns was the gravy on the top, but he might be the damn dessert himself. Listen, man, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but let me toot my own horn. Uh, I was on this very podcast breaking down players before the draft even happened, and I told you all about Brian Burns right here. And, you know, there are guys like uh, like Bradley Chubb that come in and then they'll get 12 sacks in their, in their first season. Uh, it, it's all about having the eye for talent. And Brian Burns has that, man, and he hasn't even filled into his frame yet. You're talking about a guy that can get bigger, he can get faster, and he has that that six foot five frame that you just covet, and in, in in that edge rushing position. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know, we have him as an outside linebacker, but I guarantee you, man, he can use his range to such an advantage. He can put his hand in the dirt. I've seen him do it effectively too many times. Brian Burns is the man. He's Spider Man, just like Jake DeLome says. He already fits with the superhero thing that we have going on here. 
Uh, I'm so pumped. I think that Brian Burns is going to do so much uh, for this football team this season that people aren't going to believe what kind of year that he has. Greg, did you know that Brian Burns named all the other gave all the other defensive linemen superhero names? I did not know that, but I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it was um, uh, uh, Joe McCoy's Batman, right? Because that's his guy. Yeah. Brian Burns, Spider-Man. I think Mario Addison. Who was Mario Addison? And uh, it might have been KK who was Thanos because they <laughs> okay. said his, cause his hands are messed up or something. He said Greg something. Olson had to be Thor, right? But but only the no defensive line. Can, go look it up. I heard some of it on WFNZ. But, but Greg, uh, turning you, to you the call, um, the defensive shift uh, clearly mattered. And since Cody was tooting his horn, Greg, I feel like I should toot my horn. What did I tell y'all? I told y'all we were going to a 3-4. Ask yeah. the caller... Ask my man if there yep. was a a three if there was a four four option a three four option or a hybrid. <laughs> was there a hybrid option? I bet you there won't. Is we are three four everywhere? I've heard the players say we're just getting used to the new defense, new defense, a lot to learn, new defense, new defense. They're calling a new defense, Greg, and it's exciting. I agree, hundred percent, man. And I, I, I'm right with you on that. I can't wait to see what the new three four looks like. And uh, you know, piling on what Cody said. Uh, Brian Burns, man, I've been following the Panthers since day one. I'm also a huge Tar Heels fan. So for me, Julius Peppers is the man. Always really the man. My Probably my favorite athlete ever because I watched him play college basketball and football for my favorite college, then get drafted by my team. I get Julius Peppers vibes with Brian Burns. And I haven't had that in a long time. Now, you could have put Julius Peppers in his position where he was an outside linebacker, which he tried to do with the Packers way too late in his career and he probably still would have been very good but i get julius peppers vibes with brian burns and it feels good it's special uh, it feels it feels like it's it's really all of a sudden it's like this guy just plays too and yeah. he makes plays and he's everywhere it was uh, greg uh, tommy doc martin in the youtube chat says mario is the joker Okay. It fits his personality. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. got that, that works. The, the joking vibe, the grins all the time. All right, you're listening to C3 Panthers Podcast. Let's keep pounding through with the calls. Three more to go. C3, Josh Math. What's up, Josh? This week, I'm not fresh off of, uh, you know, witnessing witnessing crime in, in, in person in front of me. Like I was at Gillette a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we're on to week one, huh? Good feeling. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like everybody's it. fantasy drafts are all in pretty much, I think, at this point, and we're all ready for the season and listening to the the nonsense. The analysts are already talking. Some of them like us. Some of them hate us. And some of them are out there saying downright dumb shit, like the Rams are going to force five turnovers against us. Like, the Y'all been smoking some good, good, good shit. Ain't nobody buying that. Nobody <laughs> buying that at all. I ain't buying it. I know Tony ain't buying it. I know Wes ain't buying it. I know Cody ain't buying it. I ain't no, no nobody on this podcast listening, watching, chatting believes none of that nonsense. No. Because it's the regular season. So it's, that's it. No more vanilla offense. No more plain Jane defense. No nothing. No nothing missing. This is it. 
from the jump, from the hit. Man, I can't wait to see it, especially because about this time next week, I'm going to be packing my bags, getting ready to uh, head down to the Queen City for Thursday night ass whooping. And I'm sorry, ass Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And not just no preseason nonsense. Can't wait. I know y'all can't wait. You keep pounding. I'll see y'all in the chat tonight. We're going to chop yes, it up. Spit it out. Throw <laughs> it in the Rams' faces. All day, all day. <laughs> and if you go into that game, you know what you need to do. You need to get deafening loud when that bum ass Jared Goff right. gets out he's on right. the field. Now, I mean, he's not a total bum. I got him in one of my fantasy leagues. Let's be real. But, I mean, you guys. <laughs> Ty Gurley's the thing to worry about. Give this man tinnitus. Brandon Cooks. want him to leave Bank of America Stadium with his hearing intact. With that said, see y'all. All All right. Keep pounding. Um, Josh from Mass, feeling good in that call. You can tell. Guys, we got uh, week one against the Rams. To me, it's not Jared Goff. That is the problem that we have to worry about. It's two men. Two men the Panthers have to control and defeat. Aaron Donald. Uh, on one side, and then Todd Gurley on the other. I think, though, that he is right. We have to be loud. We've got to get loud. And going back to his comment, guys, is I, maybe we are being too optimistic, right? Maybe guys that are saying 6-9 and nine or uh, what would it be, 6-10 and 10 or 7, maybe they have – maybe we're just on too far on the other end of the spectrum – but I saw this, guys. I've seen things now like the Panthers are going to finish 3-13 and 13 and win against the Rams. How are you going to win in week one? Like, no. I mean, and then another one, I went on a Rams blog today, Turf Times. I think it's their Sports Nation one. And they have the writers picking all of the games for the whole season. And they unanimously pick the Rams to win uh, tomorrow. I don't think – I think – but going back – Teams coming out of the Super Bowl, the loser after the Super Bowl that year has historically been bad in week one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens all the time. They call it that Super Bowl hangover. And, uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I feel all these analysts are so lazy because they just look at what they saw last year and think, oh, okay, well, it's going to be the same way again this year. They just, I mean, everyone just copy paste uh, what they think they know about these football teams. But year in and year out, the NFL shows you how unpredictable it is and that you don't know what's going to happen. And there's going to be some teams that are not on your radar right now that are going to come out of absolutely nowhere. And by the way, this is my rule of thumb, and this has been my rule of thumb for a long time now. You do not know who the real contenders in the NFL are until after week six. I've seen too many teams dominate the first half of the season, and then just fall off a cliff. Hey, who better than us last year? But then the Falcons did it in 2015. The Vikings did it in 2016. I mean, people just don't uh, – yeah, all these people picking uh, all these, you know, predictions, they, they think that we're going to be the same team as we were last year at the end of the season. And they're just – they're not ready for what we're about to do. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, what's going on, guys? I know I've not been calling in a while and everything. 
uh, Florida Black Cat, Brandon Herbert, and I just wanted to say I really enjoyed your show last week. It was really awesome. Uh, I do have, I do disagree with the the Josh uh, James Bradbury. Uh, never been a big fan of his. If he can change mind, whatever. But uh, but yeah, James Bradbury. Not really. I'm super excited about uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson, uh, to me, he's one of our few playmakers on um, in the secondary. Uh, uh, I think Cam Newton. Like to me, I don't know. To me, when he got hit, it didn't look that bad to me. I, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have played." Blah blah blah. That's horse crap. He probably won't ever play in a preseason game again, though. But. I think that hit didn't look that bad to me. It, if it was the regular season, I do feel like he would have played. Um, but I am super at about this season. Uh, he, he started against the Rams. It's going to be an interesting test for our offensive line for a lot of things because hopefully Curtis Samuel can transition everything that we've been seeing in camp and everything like that to, you know, an actual game because, to me, I think he's going to have more big plays than DJ this year. DJ is still developing into a potential number one, and hopefully if everything goes well, we'll have two number ones out there because I think Curtis Samuel is going to take a huge step this year. Huge Curtis Samuel fan. Huge DJ Moore fan as well. I think DJ Moore will uh, probably have more catches by the end of the year, but I think Curtis Hamill will have more big plays because I'm really excited about that deal. That is going to be awesome, and hopefully Greg Olson can stay healthy and everything like that. Uh, and I think our offense will – we have the most pieces around Cam Newton. I know I talked a lot of crap and everything about Cam Newton, about you know him not throwing the ball all the way or taking too long and everything, but I am super excited about him this year because I do think – we finally have the amount of pieces, and and once we scheme and everything, I don't think he's going to be under so much pressure. Once it takes about four, you know, three or four games for the offensive line to actually get its chemistry together. So, I mean, it may not, it may look kind of rough week one or week two, but just you know, be patient. And I promise you, I think that this offensive line is the best that Cam Newton has ever had. Uh, uh, I hope cap. we can see it. I hope that is. I'm the actually case. happy for him. I think he's got a part know, two of maybe this he call, can guys. Go so do better things. Let's, I- let's break down the first half of this call. I, I think overall we're probably largely for the first time all in agreement in most of the points here, uh, except for I think Bradbury. Trill one points out in the chat. Can you remind him on how Bradbury shut down Julio, Mike Evans, and Michael Thomas. I think Bradbury is good, not great. And I think that he is going to be a very fine player if we can put him against those guys. He can hang with those types of receivers. I think it's just nice having Dante on the other side because we got to go against guys that got a little bit more, um, you know, I get whatever it is, the shift that like, what, is it, what do they call it? The twitch, that quick twitch type stuff. And, yeah, and, and, and Brandon Cooks, that top end speed. So I, I think some Bradbury's been charged with some tough tax, but yeah, I think he's good, not great. But guys, I think we're all in accordance. You guys fully bought me over into the Curtis Samuel train. I've been drafting Curtis Samuel in every fantasy football draft, and I draft him 
three rounds before ADP tells me to. I get him in the fourth <laughs> every time Daughtery. because I think I believe in it. I believe he's yeah. going to be yeah. a breakout number one receiver. I think he has long ball potential all season. I think he's going to have yards. I think he's going to have touchdowns. I think it's going to be an impressive thing to watch. I'm a believer. Guys, where do you guys on stand after Herbert's part one call? You want to go first, Greg? Sure, I'll take it. Uh, as far as Bradbury goes, I gave my feelings about him last week. I think he is slightly above par for the course. Um, with Dante Jackson on the side, like Tony was saying, I feel pretty confident in that mode. Bradbury doesn't get turnovers, but he doesn't get burned. He doesn't allow he, he gets stops. Uh, which, which, you know, I want turnovers, but at the same time, I, I'd, I'd rather have a stop than nothing at all. So I don't mind Bradbury. I've always been behind him. When he's talking about the wide receivers, I wanted to say, is it just me, fellas, that do I am I am I odd for feeling like my biggest worry about my wide receiving core is Greg Olson? And is yeah. that is that a bad yeah. thing to say? No, because well, he's not even a wide receiver. And well, I yeah, that, I but... no, no, but and that's the point is that that our our greatest concern about the receiver core is actually just our very all important tight end, and that's just uh, because oh, yeah, he's I been do. hurt. I love him, but he's old. Well, <laughs> he's, and, and so th- so this is the thing. Uh, so uh, I'll say this before I forget, it and then I'll talk about Greg Olson. I believe that James Bradbury is literally the polar opposite in both personality and play style from Josh Norman. And what I mean by that is Josh Norman, you saw the best of Josh Norman in Carolina because we ran the most zone defense out of almost any defense in the NFL. And if you put Josh Norman in those kind of scenarios, then, yeah, he can shut you down. But the reason why people don't have such a high opinion, I feel, on James Bradbury is because James Bradbury, in reality, you have to let him be physical. James Bradbury, in actuality, like Trill One said, shut down Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Michael yep. Thomas. He's a physical press man corner. He wants to get aggressive with you. Now, when you put him in zone, I feel that's not uh, what he's suited for. And he hasn't done terrible at it, but that's just not his strong suit. And I think that now that we're making these changes on defense, I, I really do think that you're going to see the best out of James Bradbury uh, this season. Now, when it comes to Greg Olson, yeah, I mean, listen, the man's been hurt two years in a row, and before those two years, he was known for never missing games. Right. So it just shows you what two years of the same foot injury will will, will do to you, and it, it changes the but narrative. Even, of, even he's, he is getting older, right? Yeah, no, can, no even, doubt he's is that this is – we need one more good season out of Greg. That's what we what's need. The, we need what's, this the dude from, uh, what's the dude from Dallas that came out of retirement? Witten. Jason uh, Witten. Jason Witten. Listen, if Jason Witten can do it, if Greg Olson can stay healthy, I have no doubt in my mind that Greg Olson is doing enough stuff for his body and preparation to make sure that he can do everything that someone like Jason Witten can do. Just well, a reliable tight end option. Well, here's my thing with Greg Olson is I believe that his hands are still there. He's going to be one of the best catching tight ends in the NFL if you can give him the ball. As far as his route running and his uh, his yak, he's going to decline a little bit on that. He's got the dad run. Yeah, he's always he's yeah run, he's always you know? ran ran in snowshoes. <laughs> yeah, you know it's just yeah. snowshoes. Olson. he it's, ran it, a four or five at the combine. As long as he he's, can run his routes clean, I know he can catch the ball. We just need one but, more but, year from him. Yeah, one and more I, year from him. 
And I do think the fact that we have new these burgeoning wide receivers, it's going to take a lot less pressure off of Greg Olson, so he's not going to have to do as much as he's done Agreed. in the past. So they can I, they can take the top off and leave him underneath. Right, right, right. So yeah, that, I think Greg. Uh, Greg is in a good scenario with the type of personnel we have right now. Quickly circling back to Bradbury, I'm, my point, I think that everybody who is either Bradbury or anti-Bradbury, I, th- I think really is the question is, do you need him to be the man or not? And if you don't need him to be the man, but a really good part of your defense, he could be very good. I think Agreed. he could be a great number two. I think he could also be a guy... If if we're talking about how much we like Bradbury, I guess it's how much money we talking. As he, it, this is the last year I believe of his rookie deal. So if if that's high end money where it's going to be a detriment, no. Then I'm saying this is we could probably invest high in another corner again and maybe get a guy that who is a little bit better than Bradbury from the start. But right now he's fantastic to have. I'd rather have Bradbury than not have them at this point Agreed. because yeah. unless we would have gone and completely revamped something that we just then that's just crazy rabbit hole stuff. All right, uh, two more calls now. Okay, I'll, I'll try to make it quick, real quick. I'm just trying to break it down real quick. Uh, I do think Cap is a good back. I'm actually happy that he's actually free of Ron Rivera's doghouse, <laughs> but I, for whatever reason he's been in a doghouse. I don't know. Uh, but I'm happy for him. We cut Torrey Smith. I told y'all it was going to happen. I told y'all it was going to either be Torrey Smith or it was going to be uh, uh, Hogan. Says, well, of course. That's uh, what everybody so said. We cut one of them. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, I'm actually excited about our defense. Our defense line is actually has potential to be really scary. Brian Burns is an absolute monster, and I just hope Ron Rivera do not do what he's known to do and not play him that as much Whoa. because he's a rookie. Cody. If we are not getting pass rush, I think that's that's the move to to make. Um I'm not sure how uh 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 Mario Addison not sure how he fits our scheme. Um I think he can God. do it, but I think he's a more of a four three defensive end. So just let me know uh what you guys think. Um All right, Cody, I'm gonna like let this, you take this. Uh, so Mario Addison actually started as a 3-4 defensive end, and then the Panthers tried to convert him into a 4-3 defensive end, or a 3-4 outside linebacker, rather, is that we started. Then he tried to convert him to a 4-3. So really uh, now, and I think he's even talked about, he's tried to lose some weight, uh, whereas in the past he's tried to put it on. Um, I think Mario Addison, we know who Mario Addison is. I mean, listen, Mario Addison has been the, the leading sack getter in our defense uh, for the past, like, what, two years now? Even over at K-1 Short, who has the bigger contract. So uh, he's been the really the only edge presence that we've had, and if you don't count Julius Peppers, in 2017. So um, Mario is he's going to do his role, just like Bruce Irvin is going to fulfill his role. Um, Brian Burns is not listed as a starter. Doesn't even yes. matter, dude. It doesn't even matter. They're going to put Brian Burns on the field. They have depth. They're going to be able to rotate people in and out. Um, they're going to probably limit his snaps at first. But I guarantee you, when they need to put pressure on the quarterback, if Ron Rivera does not put Burns in, then Rivera has some problems. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All yeah. right. Um, 
Yeah, is that that? Of course, is that that's the dang truth. If Brian Burns, dude, you're gonna find a way. I think it's one of those things. Is that he might edge out Irvin in week six. Um, oh, I think before that, after yeah, the buy or something maybe. like that, maybe if not, they're just gonna relentlessly cycle these guys, and and they'll be just fresh, 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 and that'll That's be good, good too. To have. Yep. All right, last call tonight. Yo, 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 what's up? First time caller, man. I gotta tell you what. I don't know about that offense Carolina has. I've been seeing the quarterback special that he he been. Underthrowing people left and right. He, uh, Drew Brees been throwing to Julio and he's been getting picked off by Levante David. Man, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going to do with him. What is he talking about? No, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I just want to say, man, I'm about the season and it all boils down to that offensive line. If it holds up, I think we're straight. Later. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Threw me short sure. loop for a second. Yeah, I was like, man, homeboy is smoking some of that. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. Is it two breezes throwing to Julio Jones? Like, I don't know, man. I don't think that's how that happens. Uh, but, yeah, it's the offensive line play. All right. So you're listening to the C3 yeah. Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. 42 people watching now. 28 thumbs up. I know this. We're going to get a lot of thumbs downs after that stupid start to the show. But we appreciate your support. Go ahead and tell a friend about the show. Subscribe and continue to join us uh, after each game this season as well on Tuesday Nights Live. Guys, I, we do need to – let's go ahead and preview the game real quick. And just to give you guys a sense what's on the line, uh, the Carolina Panthers, this is the betting odds for – the Panthers are uh, three-point dogs at home to the Rams. Now, usually a, a this essentially favors if you go by what Vegas says or most people, the rule of thumb is home team naturally gets a three-point advantage. So if it's right. a pick em, it's really minus three for the Panthers. So if that logic does uh, apply here, then the, the theoretically the Rams are favored by six. Now, right. it's a one-score game. I think that after the Super Bowl, this uh, minus three here, a West, a, a team coming from west to east, rusty, a team that has not had its starters play at all, could get off to a slow start potentially. I think this truly is a pick em here, guys. Uh, so with those odds and that in mind, previewing the game, guys, where do you think the, the, the interest at this point for you in this matchup is? And I'll start with Greg here. Will the Rams be rusty? What is what is it that you're interested or what's the top preview point, should I say? Uh well, I do think the Rams will be rusty. Uh I think the 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 biggest keys are like you said earlier. I think we need to stop um uh Aaron Donald and we need to stop um Todd Gurley. I think if we do that, we'll be okay. However, this is a team that even if you stop Gurley, they still have three stud wide receivers and a halfway decent quarterback. So I think the key for this game for us is pass rush. I think that if we can – or well, pass rush and run stopping. If we can nail those two things down, I don't think it matters what Sue does. We can win this game with 14, 17 points if, Don, we can, if our defense can, can, yeah. can come into play. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for this game is pass rush and stopping the run. And if we can do that – you know we're golden because Jared Goff's going to crumble under under a good pass rush, and I think we're going to have one of the best in the league this year. 
Like our front seven is nasty. I don't care what anybody says. It's nasty. So that's me. I think that we uh, just need to focus on those two things and we'll be okay. Cody, turning the mic over to you and building on that comment, Vincent Bossignor of The Athletic was talk- wrote about Todd Gurley, said he looked every bit as explosive, athletic, and dynamic as the Todd Gurley, who was the 2017 NFL Offensive Player of the Year and one who was pushing for consideration of the same award late last season. This is what the, the assessment by the athletic reporter for the L.A. Rams was after this training camp in the limited time he saw Todd Gurley. For me, uh, Cody, we one of the concerns for us in watching that preseason, clearly we didn't have the full pieces on the table there, but we were not necessarily – we didn't look particularly sharp against the run at times. We were learning the fits of the 3-4 defense. Todd Gurley on offense running the ball – You've heard what Greg said, Cody. Where's your preview point for the game? So my my preview point is is two areas. Um, one, uh, I think that the Rams uh, have a very underrated receiving core. They're getting back Cooper Cup. Uh, I believe they still have Robert Woods on the roster, and then Ty Gurley is a pass catching back as well. So uh, I really want to see how uh, our defensive backfield, uh, if we're able to make plays against this dynamic offense that they do have, and then uh, this might be a little bit par for the course, but it's that offensive line, man. This is such a powerful test uh, to open the season, man. You have Aaron Donald coming into town. Uh, I've said before, I believe the interior of the line of trenches is the most important part. That's where you affect the pocket. Um, And this is going to be a test of, of how tough are offensive linemen are going to be in defending Cam Newton. Great. And um, I- I'm just excited to see how it turns out. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm cautious at the same time. Matt Paradis has his, his job cut out for him this Sunday, having to go up against Aaron Donald. And um, we'll see. You know, we paid him for this moment. That's what uh, is a lot of his paycheck is that you can almost count a percentage of the paycheck that we needed him to give us in this game right here. I think going back is that, yes, the questions for us uh, remain how our offensive line will look. Um, I do want to, my preview point, and then we kind of got to circle back around because there's more than one for sure, is, is for me is I can't wait to see the full Christian McCaffrey. I think what we're going to have is the f- the most dynamic player on the field. I'm a, the biggest Todd Gurley fan, or one of the biggest Todd Gurley fans you will find, but I think it's Christian McCaffrey is the year. I think he could be the most dynamic player in the NFL. Now, looking to that, though, and related, this does have to do with the offensive line because some of the success of McCaffrey obviously is dependent upon that. Uh, questions about Cam and his health and how he's going to – not his health, but like we need him to make it out of this game alive. I think what the Panthers are going to need to do is spread the Rams' defense out left and right, not only just vertically. Yes, you want to take some deep shots, but I think you're going to have to spread these guys out east and west a little bit because I think the weakness – for the Rams' defenses in their linebacking core. So I think what you're going to have to do is really invite that pass rush in at times and get Christian McCaffrey in there 
and have Christian McCaffrey on some design screenplays where you let that rush come at you and you stretch these defensive players out because if they pin their ears back and they know what's going on, it's going to, you're going to be in for a long day. Now, turning to this, though, and continuing on the offensive line, guys, the Rams are replacing two veteran starters this year with sort of unknowns. They will be starting Joe Noteboom and Joe Noteboom and Brian Allen, both second-year players here. So if there is a potential weakness when it comes to this Rams offense, it might be that our defensive line can exploit some of those younger players as well as them being rusty. you got to hope the timing is off a little bit, but that offense has all the pieces. So you're right, Greg. That pass rush is going to have to go after those youngins. And I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if we dialed up Blitz coming straight over the middle on that new center of John Al- of Brian Allen and really yep. trying to poke at these new guys on their first day on the job. Agreed. All right. Um, and for uh, and also the Whitworth. They still got that Whitworth guy who is um, who is forever. Andrew Whitworth, I believe his name. He's been amazing at left tackle for decades. How will age catch up with them? And I think, too, their secondary is very good. But I would not be surprised to see Tlaib show little signs of age at this point. Right. Marcus yep. Peters is is yeah. good, is really Same good. Way. Is very good and and look, Weddle is is older. They are older. They got some younger supplemental players. So the Panthers, maybe the best way is long sustained drives keep their offense off the field and uh, and and really wear Donald out. Yeah, and one one thing I do want to mention is that you know Dave Gettleman famously used to say that he didn't believe in in windows and Super Bowl windows, but they're definitely a thing. And when you look at the Rams, now they have an Aaron Donald contract that they didn't have before. Now they have a Todd Gurley contract they didn't have before. And now they just paid Jared Goff all the money in the world. So they, they, you know, they didn't get to keep all the players that they had brought in in free agency the past few cycles. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe that this Rams team is going to be as good of a team as they were last year. They've lost – some really good pieces on defense, and uh, I, I, I like our chances a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Rams paid for a title last year. Yeah, with the talent, the, the talent they bought, and that was their year to go all in. Yeah. Not saying they can't do it this year, but like you said, they have a lot of contracts coming up, which means that a lot of players have got to perform. Yeah, um, that could be a good or a bad thing for us because if they feel like they got to perform, they could really play well. But I just don't think you can sustain that kind of talent and and, and keep it for X amount of time. And their they're, they're window's starting to close. So that, that could mean they're hungry, which is a bad thing. But, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm ready, man. <laughs> All right, let's turn it then to the picks, guys. Uh, right. We're here um, each and every week this season, and so we might as well log our picks as we go and see which one of us uh, does the best at the end. It's kind of hard for me because I generally pick the Panthers, and I'm picking them again this week. I'm going to be at the game on the opener. I think that history prevails. The Super Bowl hangover is real, but I think what's more real is not what the Rams will be doing. I think the Rusty Rams, uh, I think they better get ready because the Panthers are going to jam that lamb. Yeah. 
Jam a lamb, baby. <laughs> Red hot chili peppers for you. All right, my pick's in with the Panthers. I see this game, though, actually being a little bit okay. more. I'm going to say this. is It's probably like 27 to 17, the Carolina Panthers. Okay. I can see that. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Okay. Uh, well, my pick's Panthers, too. Uh, that, that's not really fair, though, because I pick the Panthers every week. Me, too. So, Me I'll too. go ahead and Don't tell you, worry. as long as we're doing this, the Panthers are going to be my pick for whatever. Well, oh, you know what we're going to do is we're going to also pick the NFC South games real quick, just so oh, yeah. we have a little uh, right. fun. Because Cody, what you got? Uh, what's so your score, uh, by the way? What's your score, Greg? Yeah, what's your uh, score? I'm looking uh, 23-17 Carolina. So we're 24-17 all, Carolina. Sorry, we're, we're all pretty much in the same ballpark. Uh, I'll go 30 to 20 Carolina. Okay. We're going to put up 30 on them. And, uh, nice. but, but by the way, I'm, I'm going to try not to do that uh, this season. If I feel that there's a game uh, against a team and, and I feel that they have a, a chance to win, if I feel we're not going to win, I'm going to try not to just make homework picks this year. I'm going to try and re- really analyze. We'll see how that goes. No promises. But um, You're yeah. taking those reality pills, what it is. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'm, trying to, I'm trying to live in the Matrix. What was your score, Cody? Uh, 30 to 20. 30 to 20. All right, I'm now. 24, 17, yeah. Um, okay, Falcons at Vikings. Uh, who you got, Greg? I'm taking the Vikings in this one. I think the Vikings are going to be a powerhouse this year. I think that last year they could have been. I mean, the year before they were really, really good. Last year they could have been. Dalvin Cook's coming back. They've got two great wide receivers. Uh, I've always been a, a, a believer in Kirk Cousins, and they have a, a nasty defense. I think the Vikings, matter of fact, they could be a very good chance I predict the Vikings-Panthers NFC Championship. Uh, they're going to be a routine okay. to really mess with this year, I think. So. I can't ever get this game right, Cody. Every year I think the Vikings are going to be good. They stink. And every year I think that the Falcons are going to go on the road to any team that's in the NFC North and win a gam game. They also lose. I'm picking the Vikings. Yeah, I am also uh, – I think I'm going Minnesota as well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, 27-17 Minnesota. J-Dub okay. says, uh, um, I call 17-14, Sly wins it with a 50-yarder. I oh, hope it's 27-24 and a 70-yarder. <laughs> <laughs> One up in them, huh? right. I'll take it. So we're all around on the Vikings. Going next yeah. uh, was, let me see who else we got in the division. Uh, 49ers at Buccaneers. Sunday Ooh, night game. Uh, so I'll go first with this one. Um, I'll say that um, I think uh, I think San Francisco gets it done. Uh, I, I think uh, they're gonna hold Tampa Bay to not a lot of points. Uh, I do not trust Jameis Winston. I don't know who does. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and say um, um, I like San Francisco's offense. I'll say uh, they looked horrendous in the preseason. Yeah, but preseason, preseason. Okay. All right. So I, I'll say uh, 32 to 14. Jeez. I am a, a, the opposite vein, Greg. I am picking the Bucks here. 
San Francisco has not gotten it figured out in my mind. I don't know what to think of San Francisco. They've been slightly a darling of mine for no reason at all at this point. Bruce Arians is enough to get it done. They've got enough experience there. Improved Bucks team at home, a team coming west to east. Give me the Bucks here. Greg, who you got? Uh, I got to agree with you, man. I say the Bucks, uh, almost the same kind of reasons. I don't believe in either one of these teams. I think they're both garbage teams, uh, personally. But uh, when I look at the Niners, I see Jimmy Garoppolo and Kittle, George Kittle. When I look at the Bucks, I see uh, Humphreys and Evans and O.J. Howard. And even though I don't like the guy that much, Jameis Winston's not a bad quarterback. I got to go with the nah, Bucks here at home. He is, but Humphreys, I think, might be a Titan now. Not in percent. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. But still, Mike Evans, man. Mike Evans is a beast. Right. They, and I don't know. Maybe they stay. Is that if San Francisco wins, it's because of Shanahan and Tevin Coleman. Because I think Tevin Coleman could be the wild card for San Francisco's offense. I've okay. also gone heavy for him in fantasy football. I think he's going to get a lot of in the PPR league. Really going to make and some- George uh, and George Kittle, man. That dude might be the next uh, uh, big name at tight end in the NFL. That Every league got drafted. I don't no, believe it until I see it because I've been told. I've been told that Jake Butt was going to be fantastic. I've been told that Jack Doyle was going to be amazing. I've been told that the guys, like all of these tight ends are going to be fantastic. And nobody is talking about him anymore, whether it's that guy in Miami that was awesome. They are, until they break through, I won't believe it till I see it. Listen, well, I think we I think we amped up Jake Butt last year, or y'all did at least. I went on the show. Uh, we yeah. y'all amped up Jake Butt last year because you want to Carolina to draft him so that way we could, we could call the end zone when he scored a touchdown the butthole. Yep, that's right. That is exactly <laughs> I remember that from last year. Uh, I, I'd never thought he was a great player. He might be okay in the future, but uh, uh, George Kittle, man, he he's legit. I've had him in the last two years in fantasy. He's legit. Like it's so good. All right, it last game so to pick: Texans at Saints. Everybody here, the Texans, and I do, at some point I felt like I wish we had time to talk about it, but there's been some wild, wild, wacky things happening in the NFL, whether it be multi-team trades, the Texans being involved in that, um, to what's going on with Andrew Luck, we've mentioned some of that, to Miami now trading away. Two teams here with assets from Miami. The Texans have Tunsil, and the Saints have Kiko Alonso. What guys is going? Is Kiko Alonso really? I don't. Are they at like that they're tanking because they traded away Kiko Alonso. He was a bill to start. He ain't been. I mean, he might have been all right, I guess. But here, the Saints and the Texans. I got the Saints winning at home on Monday night. Texans not enough continuity yet. And really, while we are excited about them, I love their quarterback is that right now there's no reason to believe that Drew Brees early in the season can't just annihilate about damn anybody. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably, um, as much as I don't want to do it, I'll echo the same sentiment. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they trade, the Texans traded for Larry McTunsil, and uh, Larry McTunsil is one of the best left tackles coming out of the draft I've ever seen. Um, but, I, listen, I don't know that the rest of that offensive line is, is up to par yet. And I think that they're going to have to make Deshaun scramble a lot. Um, I, I do think that Deshaun and DeAndre are going to keep it close. Um, I'll say 27-24 uh, in New Orleans. Okay. 
Uh, well, I'll disagree with you all on this one. I, I, I'm i going to go with the, the Texans on this one. I, I have a really good feeling they're going to have a good year. Uh, uh, I think Deshaun Watson is, is an up-and-coming great quarterback. He reminds me of a young Cam Newton, except yeah. he's a little bit faster. And I think he's a little more accurate like on the roll, like when he's scrambling, throwing the ball. Uh, that being said, you guys didn't mention they also got the Texans also got uh, Kenny Stills. Who is yeah, uh, trash? Not a, which is not he's a great trash, receiver. trash, man. Huh? Everybody's been well, telling me that he, he, Stills was going to be good. He, but when you put him next to DeAndre Hopkins or yeah, Will Fuller, yeah. he, they really he did. Okay. Need, they needed the help, though, because right. Will Fuller right. is perpetually hurt. And is it Kiki Kuti, who's the other guy? Yeah. He, and I don't he got hurt him. last year. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, you're right about that. that is, it's an upgrade at the very least. Agreed. And I think the Texans are in for a big year. Uh, I don't see him winning the AFC, but I see him going deep in the playoffs. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, and I'm taking the Texans in this one. We'll say they've got a great offense. I'll say 31 to 21 Texans. All right, Temple. I I wanted to take Houston. I I really do. Uh, I mean, I'm a Clemson fan, man. I'm, I'm Deshaun Watson all the way. Uh, yeah, but I just don't know about that offensive line, man. That that offensive line scares me, and they beat the hell out of Deshaun last year. So he's still young enough to make up for it, I think. You yeah, know? I do too. In a few years, they've got to adjust that. But that duel with him and Russell Wilson, his first year in the NFL, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Deshaun is a baller. So yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. All right, so we've got our picks in. We've previewed the game for the most part. Um, we actually have not previewed the game intensively. I think we're cautiously just trying to see. It's so hard to preview a matchup when you don't know anything about a team yet. I mean, we know a lot about our team in a way, but we don't know our team until, like Cody said, by week six we're going to have a better feel, but we cannot be previewing strengths and weaknesses until we've seen those streaks and weaknesses just yet in their full effect it is going to be interesting it'll be loud i'll be there and make sure you guys tune into the post game show 4 30 afterwards that's the time if it's a little bit later it's just because i'm running physically from the stadium to cody's <laughs> house to do this podcast i, I might make a trip down to charlotte this weekend Nice. Both y'all gonna be there? I might go to Charlotte. If you do, then come on. An hour away. We're doing the post game, and then I got to drive four and a half, four and a half hours back afterwards. It's gonna (laughs) suck. All right. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. This room that you see behind me is gonna look mighty small, but we'll make it happen. (laughs) Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, All right. Last part of the show, I think, unless we have any other comments that need to make, is the ice up segment of the show. And uh, so you guys good with moving on? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm Let's ice up. some fools up. All right. Let's do it. The ice up pick. No sound effects. Nothing flashy for me. Fully in effect is the start of this show. Oh. That's the most. <laughs> that, that is the ice up for me is the beginning okay. of this show. I promise you guys this is exactly what happens. I came. I've been out of town. I never shut my computer off, ever, like mm. hardly ever. And only when I leave town and I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to save a little bit. I don't want to kill my, you know, this is the one time I will not stress my computer out. So I turned my computer off on Thursday of last week, and it had the update thing. When I turned it on today, it was like it took a while. You know, it's like, hey, we're finishing up your stuff. 
And boy, I forgot. When it does that, all the settings that are saved in Streamlabs, that are saved in VLC, get go back to defaults a lot of times. Not every time, but a lot of times it's happened to me before, and it ruined the beginning of the show. Don't worry, guys. It will be better next week. I'll have it figured out for Sunday. So I'm icing myself up that I forgot updates from Microsoft can ruin your li- your live stream oh, experience. That's humble. That is. Tony Dunn is not above using the most famous segment on the show he created to ice himself up. You have to give the man some credit. I do do it uh, at least like once every couple of months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, somebody. You know know what you want to do, Greg? What's that? I'm saying, do uh, you have a nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I got, uh, well, real quick. uh, um, What is it? J Dub in the chat says to ice up the bet makers for seven and a half wins. And I agree with them on that. Oh yeah. 100%. That's a good one. 100%. Okay, that's a good I'm ice up pick. Uh, I had an ice up pick set up for today and uh, it had to do with a, uh, a Florida or Floridian who was talking about the hurricane, but I had something happen to me today that totally changed my ice up pick. Um, my wife's AC is out in her car and I bought one of those uh, AC chargers from AutoZone. And I am icing up AutoZone, not because the AC charger didn't work, because I realized before I used it that I didn't need it. So I didn't break the seal on it. I didn't take anything off it. I had it completely intact the way it came. $50, went to the store today, return it, and I had this guy there that he would not accept my return. And not only would he not accept that, but he wouldn't tell me why. Then as I'm there talking to him, he takes the whole canister apart and breaks the seal, which I intentionally didn't do, then tells me that he can't return it because the seal is broken. Oh, okay. I would have been fighting, man. For for me, personally, my ice up pick goes to AutoZone altogether, you know? And the power of Twitter is great because I contacted them on Twitter and I got to talk to the regional manager and he's going to refund me regardless. But ice up, anybody who works at AutoZone, if you're going to break the seal, and then tell somebody they can't return it because the seal is broken. That's jacked up. That is Ice jacked up. up. Ice up. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Yeah, the power of Twitter is awesome. It's the best time for a consumer ever. Not wow. ever, but I've had, I got shitty Panera one time, and they just, like, ruined my, it was just, like, expensive, and it was just, like, all crappily made. And, I mean, I was like, dude, I took a picture of it and tagged them, and they were like, man. Give us your mask. We'll give you three free meals. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I, I tagged AutoZone on Twitter, and I told him, I told him, I was like, I'm done being a customer with y'all. I'm going to Advanced Auto Parts. I'm going to O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Whatever. They immediately hit me back, and the district manager called me within an hour. That's awesome. So, All right. Cody, yeah. who you got for us? Yeah, man. So I'm icing up a news publication that I used to love, and I'm icing up Vice.com. So right. uh, Vice, uh, in case you all didn't know. Uh, Dave Chappelle just recently put out a brand new stand-up special called Sticks and Stones. How is it? Netflix. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I heard it was great, yeah. I laughed my ass off. But Dave Chappelle, you know, Dave Chappelle has FU money. So he can talk about whatever he wants, do whatever he wants, and say whatever he wants. So he talks about a lot of hot-button issues about the, you know, the LGBT community. He talks about a lot of different things. But Vice.com has now become the, 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 the platform for the social justice warrior. And uh, listen, I even kind of consider myself 
kind of left-leaning on a lot of things. But man, dude, the, the, the title of the article was, you can go ahead and skip Dave Chappelle's brand new comedy special. Like, who the hell are they to tell other people what is or isn't funny? And now it's like they're trying to dissect comedy like it's an accurate uh, critique on society. Man, it's just jokes. It's just jokes, and the world that we live in is preposterous. And, and it is kind of the most accurate a lot of times. And yeah. and you know what, man? We just you don't like to, be- to say it. We have to couch it in comedian in like yeah. uh, that it's comedy, but we all know that a lot of times it's uncomfortable, but that's the way the world is. Well, we live vicariously through them. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and listen, man, just because you make a joke about someone doesn't mean that you hate that person or the group that they belong to or whatever. It's just the world is preposterous. There's a lot of dumb shit in it, and sometimes it makes it better if you're able to laugh at yourself and other people and take it in stride. But Vice.com used to be the best for content. They used to put out the craziest stuff on the Internet. I love their stuff, and the downhill that they have taken in the past five years is noticeable and depressing. So to Vice News, ice up, son. He's a, up, uh, Chappelle's a great, uh, a legendary comedian. Oh, I watched he, his, uh, hadn't, I, didn't, I just watched his old second new stand-up not too long ago, maybe in the last year. And when he had that beginning where he was like, I used to just put jokes in a bowl, or like words in a bowl, and then I'd have to come back. And he had this like 25-minute joke set up about uh, the stovetop stuffing and the Mormon, the wife, and the other put. <laughs> it was just so intensely good. It's so smart. He's so smart. Uh, I actually am disappointed in Dave Chappelle because I think like he, I mean, not disappointed. That's not the right word. His meltdown almost, it gave us like 10 years of missing his greatness. Yeah. Yeah. He's Agreed. awesome. He's a legend. Yeah. He's, a, he's I, of the Richard Pryor cloth. Yeah, right yes. now, uh, he's, I mean, I, I love Dave Chappelle. I've always loved Dave Chappelle. Uh, I think he's one of the goats. And um, he's better now than, than he's ever been, in my opinion. It's Dave Chappelle right now is at the peak of his oh, I can't wait. I'm going to I'm gonna check it out. As I'm loading the podcast up tonight and v- finishing the stuff up, it takes me forever. It takes like two hours afterwards. I'll play it uh, alongside. All right, that's the C3 Podcast, guys. We're going to be here at Cody's house live from the Cody studio. That's what it is. is it's <laughs> yeah, the C3 studio, Cody's yeah. house. We're going to be there. Um, Cody, they can call us until then. And during the game, and immediately after the game, on the cat calls line, the number is 252-228-5098. Cody, how can they tweet you by uh, until that moment as well? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, on Twitter. Hit me up, whatever you want to talk about, man. I'm approachable. I'm down. Nerd stuff, football stuff. I don't even talk politics with you. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Couple of minutes, Greg. Pl- oh, tell us about your podcast. I'm a listener of the podcast. I know a lot, of, uh, and one of the things about podcasts, and this is why I tell everybody to share with one friend. It's about finding podcasts and communities that are the right fit for you. And your podcast is a fun listen. Tell them about it. I agree, man. I appreciate it. And honestly, man, my podcast is kind of an inspiration from y'all's. Y'all gave me the the kind of theme or feeling that I wanted to have of a bunch of guys just having a good time and talking together about things we love and uh, i got that from y'all and i appreciate it yeah man and honestly 
Uh, Tony, you're going to be on my podcast in about two or three weeks with the uh, Secret of the Use review with the Turtles. I'm ready. I'm ready. Cody, you're going to be on me with Lord of the Rings. I'm saving that for you uh, probably after the first of the year. But uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. That the Bad Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. Excuse me. Uh, or you can find my podcast at SCS Podcast One on Twitter. And we are the Super Civil Servants Podcast. We talk anything and everything geek. Uh, we have a little structure going on right now with Star Wars. And then every other week doing different items. But uh, we're here every Friday night, and we drop every Monday. Give us a chance. Check us out. If you're a geek, you know, fly that flag. We'll right time on. Talking to you, right so. on. Some of us are still in the process of raising it. And and that we are here. All right, guys, we'll be here next Tuesday night. I appreciate all the people in the chat room. You guys are fantastic. Thanks to Susan Dean for her contribution tonight. She's taking me to the game this weekend. She gave me my ticket. That is awesome. I'm going to be there. Uh, We're going to be loud. You're going to see me. Oh, I forgot to tell you I'm debuting my new look. And Uh I got to tell you, I'm going going for the granny or the auntie, the auntie scarf look. I'm going mm. scarves. <laughs> scarves? Yeah. Can't Dude, wait to see it. Have you Dude, not seen yeah. Cam Newton? I'm dressing yeah. like Cam Newton. I, I'm going to start it. Right. We are all going to dress as grannies one day at the at the, at the the stadium. Kind of like, you know, how other people wear cheese head this. We're all going to wear our Sunday hats, be wearing our scarves, and dress like aunties. Uh, I yeah. almost wore, wore my bolo tonight. Yeah, there you go. All right, you'll guys, you'll see it Sunday. I'm going to come to Cody's house and debut it in person. And you better have those pants on, Cody. I, 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 I make no promises, but i tell you what, bring me a scarf and we'll talk about it. All right. All right, All right guys, that's the show. Uh, until next week, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yes, sir.